0: Hello KGF family. The last three weeks have been tough ones. Ernie and I were both diagnosed with COVID and we were pretty sick for two weeks. It was a time to depend on others, to get groceries, to pray for us and to love us over the phone. We are so grateful we had people from KGF who did this for us. If you are sick or just tired and stressed and need someone to talk to or some practical need, KGF Care is here for you. Email us at care at kgfchurch.com and we will connect you with someone who can help. We've also been featuring needs that our ministry partners have for the Christmas season. More are in this week's newsletter and there are several lists and ideas in the posts on our website. So check them out at kgfchurch.com and in the news and stories button at the top of the website page. One of our joys is to learn and grow together as a family. In the new year, one of our Stephen ministers will be hosting a guided conversation around faith, loss, and COVID-19. More details are coming next week, so watch for them. We have news about our Christmas celebrations next. We have planned a special service online that you can access anytime from December 24th to the 27th to fit it in to your family celebrations. And now as we enter into worship with Pastor Joel, just a reminder that we are still looking for people willing to help lead this congregation as board members. Please email office at kgfchurch.com for details, or to let us know that you are interested. Blessings as you join us today.
1: Do you want to come down here, little lady? I'll
2: come. I'll stay up here. Sounds okay. Good. Where I won't get
1: burned. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> Hi, we're uh, the Fairfields, and uh, this is the third week of Advent, and uh, we're going to talk about joy today. Uh, we've already gone through two weeks of Advent at this point. We've gone through hope, and we've gone through peace, and today we are talking about...
3: What happened, Daddy? Just the match, match went
1: out. We're going to talk about joy. And uh, what does joy mean to our household, to our family? Uh, what does it mean during Advent? Well, it can't be... It can't be the kind of joy that people provide because Jesus came near to provide a joy that goes beyond circumstance, beyond a tidy house, beyond whatever things we might hope to control. And that's the kind of joy that during this season, uh, we need to practice uh, taking the time to see the joy that goes beyond the things that we maybe get in presence or what we hope for in terms of seeing family or not seeing family Um, but we need a joy that comes from Jesus that goes beyond that
4: so the verse is from John chapter 15 verses 10 to 11 if you obey my commands you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete
0: is that all done? yep, you ready to say your part? let us leave with Um. Do you want to say it with me? Let us leave with Hope. Hope. Peace. And joy. In our hearts.
1: And joy in our hearts.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> Merry Christmas. Christmas, everybody.
0: Merry
1: Christmas.
3: So <laughs> uh, friends, I hope your heart's singing as Christmas approaches, despite all that's going on. Uh, there's just 12 more sleeps. Twelve more sleeps, kids, until Christmas. And we're a gospel fellowship, Kelowna Gospel Fellowship Church. Pastor Levi reminded us last week about KGF care. Uh, you can keep finding out more about that. We want to build a strong fellowship, continue building this strong fellowship and disciple-making culture as a church. So uh, stay, stay tuned for more on that KGF care side of things, but let's care for each other well as, uh, as we move toward Christmas and into the new year. We're also a gospel community and uh, people shaped by god's good news which we've been talking about these last number of months and toward that end can i just encourage you to consider a few things first how might you share good news with our community uh, over these last weeks of this year i know some hubs and life groups that are uh, beginning to to put hampers and different items together for various ministries in our community like the the colonna gospel mission you can Uh, Check that out. But there's also Mennonite Central Committee and Multiply and a host of other opportunities to join God's good news in our city and around the world. Let's be this kind of gospel people and not shrink back from bringing good news uh, in this season because the world needs it. So use your creativity and hubs. Even though you can't meet in person right now, you can still be meeting virtually and engaging in these things uh, together. Um, I just want to point you ahead uh, our Christmas service is going to be a real treat this year, a true church family Christmas. And the online experience is going to be available starting Christmas Eve, and you can participate in that service anytime after that. But I wonder what would happen if you'd use Sunday, December 27th to go be good news. Uh, maybe take a prayer walk through your neighborhood and drop off and doorbell ring some of your neighbors. Uh, find a place to serve in this city that needs helpers. And there are many of those. Or make December 27th a good new Sunday to love the city and your neighbors. Wisely, of course, but uh, this is a great opportunity. And to equip us further for this today, we have a special guest, Greg Lang, Mission Mobilizer with Multiply, our Mennonite Brethren denomination uh, mission agency. Greg's a wonderful friend, a brother in Christ, and I know you're going to be challenged and encouraged by what he has to share with us today. And so, to prepare ourselves, please listen carefully as Haley Weens reads the scripture for us.
4: The Magi visit the Messiah. Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them, where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared.
2: Well hello Kelowna Gospel Fellowship. I'm so thankful for the invitation from your pastor to share with you this morning on behalf of Multiply, your Mennonite Brethren Global Mission Agency. Hey if you know Child of Mind Ministry that your church helps support, you are working with our people in that country that we actually can't name online. But we are so thankful for the partnership with you and look forward to what the Lord will be leading us into as we look ahead. Kids, have you ever used one of these Christmas crackers before? Well, hey, let's open one up and see what happens. Are you ready? Right on. (laughs) It's always fun. Well, inside there's always a prize, although I'm not exactly sure what this is. We'll call it a prize. And a crown. So this is the activity that we're going to have you folks work on today today as you listen in to take the craft that you've prepared and make a crown that's truly fit for a king or a queen. You can decorate it, color it in, whatever you feel like. I just hope that you have fun as you think about royalty. Well, speaking of royalty, Canada continues to cherish her relationship with royalty. Our coins bear the image of our queen. We still have her representative alongside our democratic institutions. A royal visit may not be as show-stopping as it once was, but if our queen came to your Kelowna neighborhood, well, the visit would definitely interrupt what's going on, and people would flock to even try to get a glimpse of the queen. Well, today we're focusing on this aspect of Jesus, that he's the Messiah, who is also royalty. He's the king. Now, the visit of the Magi in Matthew chapter 2 is our Christmas backdrop to have a fresh reminder of how important it is for the follower of Jesus to find their primary identity as the citizen of the kingdom of God. Well, of all the Christmas cards you may see, the image of three kings riding tall on camels, pursuing a star over the hamlet of Bethlehem is always popular. Of all the Christmas carols you might sing, we three kings is one of the most fun you know the chorus oh, oh star of wonder star of light." so in fact the chorus always seems to get faster with every verse well i invite you to join me this morning as we explore the account of the magi who bravely travel across the desert uh, sorry pastor phil uh, unlikely to have skis on their roof but to find the baby born to be king As you listen and for discussion afterwards, I encourage you to think about this question. What does it mean to help people find Jesus at Christmas in this materialistic and pandemic-weary land? Let's pause and pray before we jump in. So, Lord, thank you for this amazing account of how you called the Magi to travel, to follow the sign of the star, to have this one specific amazing outcome to find the one born to be king that they might worship and that they might bow down so we thank you lord uh, again for this account and for how it will speak afresh into our lives today we ask for the holy spirit to freshly open our hearts our ears that we would listen for what you would want us to attend to today for your glory and for your mission in jesus name amen Well, today we're gonna quickly look at three questions from this account. First of all, what happened? Secondly, why was this so important? And finally then, what does it mean to help people to find Jesus today? Well, first things first, what happened? Well, it's important to clarify that Jesus had already been born and that the Magi arrive afterwards. So it's not quite right that we have Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the Magi all piled in around Jesus like our Playmobil nativity set at home. Uh, So take note with me of how actively God is involved in this story. So first of all, God compels the Magi through their keen observation of the unique kingly star and he sends them to hit the road to find the new king so that they could worship. Again and again, the Christmas story describes how God breaks into human history and calls and sends people to what to find and worship jesus well second uh, god connects the magi he compels them and then he connects them to the specific location by involving herod the king along with the jewish priests and scribes so the magi arrive in jerusalem presumably expecting to find the new king to be born there because that's the place you would expect a king of the Jews to be born in Jerusalem. So they're brought to Herod, the actual king, who must have been beside himself with shock, and he was an admittedly a jealous king. They call in religious, religious leaders who search the scriptures and correctly answer the question of where the Messiah was to be born. Yes, Bethlehem in Judea. Now the Magi follow the star to the home fall down and worship, giving the gifts that they had prepared of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now imagine that moment with me as the Magi enter the room and they fall to the ground. What an upside down moment that would be, where these non-Jewish noble seekers humble themselves by falling down before Jesus. See, this is a stunning picture of what actually means to worship God, because we can sometimes reduce worship to be merely singing songs. Worship is actually a posture of submission. It's a posture of giving. So we've seen how God compels and then connects the Magi to actually find Christ. Well, then finally, God covers the Magi and then Jesus from the wrath of Herod, the very jealous king, by speaking to them and then Joseph through dreams. So we see in this account, the clear battle that opposes the reign of God, which is itself another sermon. Now it could be that this account really speaks to you about how the Lord intervened in your life or how you have been led to bring the light of truth and hope to someone else. I am sure there are testimonies to hear, and I'd love to hear them. Why don't you share them after we finish this message? Well, I'll tell you, this idea reminds me of a story from our ministry team in Colombia of how a former communist rebel leader named Elmer came to find Jesus. See, he certainly gets people's attention when he uh, says something like this. It's good to be with you. It's good to meet you. I thank God that I'm able to be with Christians and have no desire to kidnap or kill you. Uh, yes, that's alarming. <laughs> it's also true. You see, he joined the communist rebels as a teenager, ready to kill for the cause, especially Christians. He and others attacked churches and shot pastors. It was like Saul in the book of Acts. Well, in one area, he went to seven churches and took away their buildings. Everyone feared him, all but one pastor. So Elmer decided it was time for that pastor to die, and he confronted him with a gun. The pastor remained calm. In the face of the man's quiet, compassionate demeanor, Elmer snapped. And he said, you and your prayers. I see you praying for our soldiers in the state army, our our enemies. How dare you? How dare you pray for them? You make our country weak. Well, the pastor asked in response, if you don't believe in God, why does it matter to you so much if I pray? And the pastor continued, yes, I pray for soldiers. Yes, I also pray for gangs, for drug traffickers, for the paramilitary, and I pray for you. Well, deeply shaken Elmer left the pastor alive and returned to his rebel base. A few months later, Elmer and his troops found themselves in need of such prayers. You see, he found himself under attack, surrounded with bullets flying. He fled down a mountain path at night There, he almost collided with a member of a local church and recognized him. Terrified, Elmer turned and ran, and to his horror, the Christian chased after him. Elmer was sure that the man wanted to kill him. Stop, the man cried out. God loves you. I want to save you. But Elmer kept running away. While well, coming to a crevice in the rocks, Elmer crouched in the mud to wait for morning. A violent storm broke out. He could hear the army closing in. Knowing what might happen to him if he were captured, he decided that suicide was his only way out. Holding the gun to his head, he convinced himself to pull the trigger. But a voice suddenly spoke, do not do this thing. Was this thunder? Was this the wind? A hallucination? But three times he raised the gun. Three times those words rang out to him to stop. He dropped to his knees and asked God to rescue him. I felt a caress, he says, a hand wiping my face, wiping away the mud, choking back tears. He struggles to continue with the story. Oh, God. I was so dirty. You didn't even use a glove. You touched my filth with your bare hand. Well, Elmer went down the mountain that morning and surrendered. I put myself in God's hands, he says, and God showed mercy. Despite a bounty of 200 million pesos on his head and 16 charges against him, he was released by the authorities. Now, Elmer tells us, I'm like that pastor that defied me. He preaches a gospel of peace and reconciliation in the mountains, in the prisons, to drug traffickers, rebels, and ex combatants. I put myself in God's hands. This is the posture of surrender, the posture of worship modeled by the Magi. Amazing, hey? friends today i just got asked: have you put yourself in god's hands are you listening to him right now as he wants to speak to you about your heart and the situation that you're in so the magi came they found the king they bowed down and they worshiped and why does this matter well this is really important and there's at least two quick answers here first of all the identification of the messiah is a big deal and then secondly the fulfillment of scriptures about the Messiah, as seen in this passage, is also a really big deal. Specifically that Jesus would come from the house of David, the kingly line. So we need to remind ourselves what the Messiah means and why this is so important to the Jews. Well, and to us. See, Messiah means anointed, and this directly connects to the anticipation that they had of God providing a new king who would reign over Israel to push back the dreaded foreign overlords who would then set things right. Jesus Christ is clearly identified as the Messiah. Now, Christ is not Jesus's last name. Christ means the anointed one. So Jesus, the Christ, is the same as Jesus, the anointed king. We well, see, a king also has a kingdom. So what is this kingdom? As we saw, the Old Testament expectation of the Jewish people was the restoration of the nation of Israel. Well, the kingdom of God is so much more expansive and truly enduring than merely the nation of Israel or the Jewish people. Rather than looking back with eager nostalgia, they're to look forward to this kingdom without end that would actually be so inviting to everyone. Jesus announced this kingdom with bold proclamations, with stunning signs and wonders, and with personal invitations to enter in. This kingdom has come, but has not yet fully come. This is part of the Lord's Prayer that we are urged to pray, instructed to pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven today. And One day this will be fulfilled entirely, completely, where we are in his very presence, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. So we live, as has been said, in the meantime, and this means that at the same time, his kingdom is not of this world, but will include every tongue, every tribe, every nation from the world, as in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. And nation is the word ethnos, meaning people groups, groups of people, not nation states like we think of when we think of nation, like with a passport and a flag. So this means at the same time that every person that chooses to follow Jesus as Lord and King enters that kingdom and then is called to extend that kingdom rule by entering into his mission field to seek and to save the lost. Now I had the privilege once of joining a small ministry team alongside our national partner, Isaiah, who's here in the, uh, it's pointing the way with his awesome uh, red flannel shirt there. Uh, we went up together into a re- remote region of Myanmar, uh, which is formerly Burma in Southeast Asia. Now here's a, a picture of, uh, of the country. It's astonishingly beautiful. And then you'll see following uh, pictures of us entering the village and, uh, and then into the hut that I'll uh, share about here. So we actually ended up becoming special guests of the entire village who hastened to gather together in their main hut, which is kind of like the school, the community center, like it's the, the big grass uh, and bamboo hut that they have. To meet with us, you see. Apparently, the last time anyone from the outside world dropped by that village was apparently never. <laughs> we were quite an oddity, and um, being that we'd never been there before, and in fact uh, we weren't even intending to be there. Like this is one of these. Wow, on the way, the Lord opened this door for us to be in this village. Uh, we were unsure how safe it was uh, I, in that country. There's all sorts of things you have to be very cautious about. There's a uh, a lot of things to uh, to uh, you know, tread carefully around. We didn't know how safe it would be to share about Jesus because there are some uh, militant uh, people who would not want that to happen. Well, after breaking the ice with some greetings and we did a brief agricultural slideshow, uh, always trying to be helpful, we noticed that our leader, Isaiah, was preaching. I mean, he was the one telling us, hey, we've got to be careful. Let's go a step at a time. And it's like, no, he's really bringing it he's really preaching and we were really praying now the bible was open on the table he was speaking with animated passion later we learned that isaiah felt to share the story from john chapter 5 about the lame man who had no hope of getting into the water to be healed Now, all the people in the area, we learned, were farm laborers that were actually outcasts from their families, which is unusual for Burma. So this was like an all sorts of of, uh, misplaced people. And they had somehow gathered in that village, and now the entire village gathered to listen to Pastor Isaiah. So as a Buddhist enclave of really poor people, they're in the midst of the majority Karen community they are outcasts. So Isaiah seemed to get it, and he applied the story of the man who could not get to the pool to illustrate how Jesus puts this outcast right at the front of the line by healing him. He shared how he himself had grown up so poor and always felt like he was out the back of the line, always an outcast, and the village really identified with this. Isaiah described how Jesus saved him, and how he comes to offer this salvation and to bless people's lives. Isaiah then boldly asked anyone who wanted hope in their life, challenged them that if this was the case, they needed to accept Christ as their Lord and their savior. Well, friends, the whole place put up their hands to accept Christ. So as you look at the picture of Isaiah, that's Isaiah in the foreground, you see the whole village gathered. You see the looks on people's faces. like They are so engaged as he's speaking. The whole place put up their hands. He was so surprised. Uh, he said to me later that he had never seen this before, the whole village saying yes on the spot. So he asked them, uh, what happened when you prayed? Well, all the people immediately felt joy. They didn't understand what they were feeling, but they were so impacted. They said that this was the good news that nobody had ever told them. Well, just like that, we unexpectedly helped to plant a new church in a village that we had not planned to visit. So what a glorious interruption of God in all of our lives. It was a divine encounter. And that church exists and is pastored and is um, it is growing. So praise God for his divine intervention. So back to our account of the Magi, we've looked at what happened. We have looked at why this matters so much about the extension of the kingdom of God and the reign and rule of the Messiah. Finally, my friends, what does this mean for us in Christmas in 2020 in the midst of a pandemic? Well, as we close, we both anticipate the wonder and the joy of christmas eve and christmas day which is soon to come and i pray that you will both hear the promise and the challenge that this message leaves with us here today see first there's the rock solid promise here that we do not hope in vain the apostle paul writing to timothy makes this declaration in 2 timothy chapter 2 verses 7 and 8 he says Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. See, for Paul, for the church, for today, for you, for me, stand firmly in this declaration, especially at a time like this. See, Jesus is the anointed one. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah jesus is raised from the dead he has broken the power of sin and death jesus is the king and he will come again we live in between this is our gospel so finally please ponder this challenge with me as we close what does it mean to help people find jesus at christmas in a materialistic pandemic weary land well just before we wrap up and ask you to unpack this within your community groups Uh, let's pause and spend a few minutes in the Lord's presence and ponder what his spirit is saying to your spirit in an attitude of prayer Lord we ask you to speak friends are you at peace with God have you personally bowed your knee have you opened your heart to declare Jesus to be Lord of all and your personal savior Find Jesus today. Let today be the day of salvation. Receive his gift. Hey, we're, we all need to ask afresh, where have you, have I allowed ourselves to become distracted these days, especially these days, from keeping Christ as the center of our life, the true north of our compass? Lord, we pause and ask for your spirit to help us to be... Uh, refreshed yes but also reoriented that Jesus would be found to be our personal leader our personal guide in and through these times because you are good you bring truth and you bring us with joy and with hope to that which is actually enduring okay, finally are you willing then to be his ambassador his sent one, to people who need to find Jesus. They actually need to find Jesus. Well, as we close, I'd like to pray for you to have a fresh endowment of the Holy Spirit for this wonderful task. So let's pray. Lord, thank you again for this account of the Magi. Thank you for the truth that this brings us to about who you are, of what you're doing, and how all of this leads towards the promised outcome of a new heaven and a new earth where there will be no more fear no more pain no more no more weeping no more death only your presence so today lord i pray for the holy spirit to freshly endow freshly empower each of one of us to be your ambassadors today to help direct point urge and share people to find jesus at christmas in 2020 for your glory amen well merry christmas kgf from my home to yours from our multiply ministry team to your church we bless you and thank you